Welcome to the Inside Job Boards and Recruitment Marketplaces podcast. I'm Stephen Rothberg, the founder of College Recruiter Job Search Site. At College Recruiter, we believe that every student and recent grad deserves a great career. And I'm Peter Zolman, founding principal of the AIM Group, the leading global business intelligence service for marketplaces and classified advertising companies. We consult with recruitment marketplaces companies and publish AIM Group recruitment intelligence and a free weekly digest. We also host the annual Global RecBuzz Conference. This is the podcast for you to learn more about how to create, manage, and work with general, niche, and aggregator job boards and recruitment marketplaces. Well, good day, Peter. It's been good to be with you again. Good morning, afternoon, evening, depending on where the listeners are listening. Uh, we've got people all around the world, so when we start our meetings or our editorial chats, we always have to say good morning, afternoon, evening. I got people who are at 9 p.m., at 11 p.m., and 6 a.m., all at the same time. And I'm often accused of being all over the place, so I think it fits in um, very nicely. Well, you you are all over the place, uh, and not yeah. so much since COVID, but I used to be literally all over the place. You know, one week in Asia, one week in Europe, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it's getting back that way. Uh, I've got a lot of traveling coming up this fall and winter, which I'm very excited about. Um, speaking of traveling and seeing things from all over the world, um, AIM Group reports. What are you guys looking at this week? Uh, I have worked on a two-part series um, about teachers Two things, the shortages of teachers all around the world. We got about 10 of our people in uh, Southeast Asia and in Latin America and in Europe and in Africa to contribute. There is a tremendous shortage of teachers and what job boards, recruitment marketplaces can do about that to help them. And the second half is teachers transitioning out of teaching. They may stay in education, but they don't want to be in the classroom. And I did a little search on transitioning teachers, and there are about seven or eight sites for transitioning teachers in the U.S. alone. There are some in Europe, some in various other places. What are they qualified for? Where are the jobs for them? Almost all of those jobs pay more than teaching does, which is a shame and a tragedy. Uh, and there's the demographic issue of teachers who are getting older who don't want to deal with the, uh, I'll use the polite term, um, baloney anymore, uh, the bureaucracy and the misbehaving kids, and even worse, the misbehaving parents. So what are the resources for transitioning teachers, and what can recruitment sites and uh, job boards do to help districts find teachers and schools find teachers and what can they do to help teachers who are transitioning out of what has typically been a lifelong career uh, but isn't necessarily any longer yeah my my wife's family a bunch of them are in public education and one of our closest friends is a fifth grade uh, teacher and just the, the the horror stories of of what's happened over the last couple of years, not just with COVID and people getting sick and the pressure to have the classrooms open, but 
just all of the political pressures to um, some for, for overseas listeners or listeners outside of the U.S. Um, in the U.S., the education is very much local. Uh, each state has its own education departments and each county, city, etc. I live in a suburb of near Minneapolis, and so our little suburb has its own school district. And within that school district, you've got a bunch of different schools, and the, the, it's very convoluted, not at all corporate, how they hire, how they promote teachers, how they compensate teachers, and the, the pressures that come in from the outside are just completely different than, than what you see in, in, in the corporate world. Well, my wife taught for more than 40 years, and she said, first of all, it's become very politicized education in general, especially in Florida, where I am. Uh, and uh, she said, the kids have changed, the parents have changed, the whole system has changed. And she was very, very happy to retire. Uh, it's sad. Yeah. But, and, and, and so what do schools around the world do to find, retain, and educate teachers and keep them? And what can your job board or recruitment marketplace do to help them? Yeah, I can only imagine how hard that must have been for her to to both be in, in education and married to you all at the same time. That's just, that's more than any one person should have to bear. She definitely um. <laughs> uh, believes that the bigger challenge was not teaching. There you go. <laughs> well, um, before we get further uh, afield, um, I think we should uh, learn a little bit from today's guest. Um, I'm excited. We've got Alicia Ramsdale. She's the founder and CEO of Mindful Career Path. Um, she started her private career coaching practice a couple years ago in 2020 and likes to say that she's inspired to make career fulfillment a career reality for everyone. And she's going to bring the voice of the job seeker to the Inside Job Boards and Recruitment Marketplaces podcast. Alicia, welcome. Stephen and Peter, thank you for having me today. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, one of the things we wanted you to bring was what can and should job boards and recruitment marketplaces be doing to improve the experience for their job seekers, how they find jobs, how they find job boards or recruitment marketplaces, and then what goes right, and more importantly, what goes wrong when they find the right job board or the right job on that job board. Yeah, and that's and that's a loaded question right there, and I probably maybe four <laughs> questions in one. <laughs> but I, I, today, I'm going to bring my perspective as a career coach, as an adjunct professor in higher education. I'll also bring the perspective of my network that actually works within job board, you know, the industry or the comp within the companies. And then most importantly, the perspective from my clients that are out there going through their own job search strategy. So I really would like to say it's threefold, um, most importantly, through the perspective of my clients. How do they find the job board? Typically, at least from a student or a younger worker, it's what's most popular, what's advertised, what's spoken about in the classroom or at networking events. So really that's the job boards that hold the most market space, right? LinkedIn, Indeed, or even just the good old fashioned Google search. So when they search for an opportunity, what comes up, 
what links are they hitting? And then those are the job boards they might use because that's what came up at the top of the you know, Google search. Most professionals or students, especially in the business space, they're required at some point to create a LinkedIn profile and revert back to that. And this allows a sense of being comfortable with that particular job board. And as you know, job search strategy or job searching can be uncomfortable. So if there's a sense of uh, comfortableness with LinkedIn, for instance, in that conversation, that's part of the reasons why, why clients will seek that out because it's right in front of them and they're comfortable with it. What do they hate about job boards and the job board experience? There's a couple of specifics. So as an example, one specific is the limitations on characters or other requirements when filling out um, a, a job application on the job board. As an example, salary. Before the conversation happens, before understanding the full scope of the job, when you're required to put salary in an application, but it's limited to dollar amounts, right? There's no available space for a comment, explanation, or the response of negotiable. Clients would rather see, okay, here's the base range, and it could, you know, the final package can be negotiated. The speed of the application process, right? Is it this? How long is this taking me? Everyone wants instant gratification. Um, the other issue that I see a lot is they complain if they have to upload a resume and then ask to fill out lengthy forms to duplicate that same information through the online forms. Um, also, job boards, if you, you're able to opt in and sign up for an email for job matches, uh, clients don't appreciate it if jobs that are sent to them are out of scope, right? And I, <laughs> I, I'm not sure how that happens, but sometimes that happens. Oh, no, it never uh, happens. Yeah. <laughs> Some, so you mean so, sometimes it happens or sometimes it doesn't happen? <laughs> I'm going to go 80-20, but I'm not going to say which one that is. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, uh, another thing is lack of organization on a job board. So things like duplicate job postings or postings that are there that have already been filled. So that um, the and also the lack of clarity nowadays, is it a remote opportunity? Is it hybrid? Is it in person? Um, there's a number of others that you know, we could, we could talk about, but I'd like to try to keep my answers as quick as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, we were thinking about doing a four hour podcast uh, for this episode <laughs> and we thought, you know what, we don't have enough time even in four hours to talk about all the goods and bads. Uh, so we'll yeah. just limit it to the typical, you know, 20 to 25 minutes and uh, let people come back. If, you know, if you, if you feel, if you feel like something, it's better to ask for more. So um, I interesting, you know, what you're, what you've identified in terms of how people find job boards, you know, Google, word of mouth, brand, et cetera, that's very much like uh, a law would have heard. When you talked about some of the things they disliked, actually some of those are not um, much discussed between job board owners at, at conferences like AIM Group hosts, the, at RecBuzz. I don't recall job boards or recruitment marketplaces talking about the, the number of characters or having to put in salary information. So, so that's, that's really, that's really good. You know, when you hear from one of the job seekers who, who uses you as a, as a career coach, if, you know, if they come and say, you know, Hey, I had this great experience, or I went to that site that you recommended, you know, whether it's a, a LinkedIn or an Indeed or a ZipRecruiter, you know, whatever, whatever job board you might've recommended to them. And they say, you know, hey, Alicia, that was great. Why, what are they telling you? Like, what is it that's great about a, a job board experience? 
Right. That, that's a great question. And most job seekers are going to choose, again, what's right in front of them and what is easy. So like we mentioned before, like a LinkedIn or Indeed, something that they're comfortable with. Was just two examples. Most job seekers, when they come to me and they said it was successful or they were happy with it, obviously, if they got a job from it. But initially, it's they choose a job board that's easy to filter searches or has an easy to uh, easy apply option. Right. Uh, also, clients are not looking for, like I said before, not where they have to upload a resume and then when they apply, upload that same information in some sort of lengthy form. So that's part of it. Um, another item that we already talked about, but I'll say it again, is taking into consideration the option to sign up for job alerts. But again, they regret that choice if uh, if they send they get sent jobs that are out of scope. Um, I, you know, I, th I think those are the two, the two big things. They want something that's going to be easy. So the easy apply option, they want something that makes sense. If I already uploaded my resume, why am I typing in more things? And then obviously the biggest piece is, did they actually get a job from there? I think the last piece that I want to touch, touch upon is if there is an opportunity for a job board to post a recruiter contact information, that's something that clients that I worked with really enjoy somebody to actually talk to at that organization right not just an info at you know this company.com somebody that they can actually talk to look up on linkedin something of that nature so that they can get a real feel for what this role is all about because as we know sometimes job descriptions don't house all of the information of that particular opportunity so having the conversation with the human being can get you to a place of, okay, now I understand the full scope of the job. Is it worth my time? Is it worth their time to pursue it further? We'll be back right after this break. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, that's a hard no about saying no and setting boundaries so you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs saying no isn't just okay it's the key to living an authentic fulfilling life i'm a licensed professional clinical counselor so while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one -on -one therapy i suppose i know what i'm talking about i'd say so we talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. Welcome back to the Inside Job Boards and Recruitment Marketplaces podcast. Do you recommend that your clients use niche or niche, depending on who's listening and where they are, uh, niche job boards? I once did some research and found there were five job boards specifically for phlebotomists, and there were at least four or five for HVAC, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning techniques air conditioning technicians. And I thought, you know, does it make sense for somebody who's a phlebotomist to go on LinkedIn or Indeed 
Or should they go to, I don't know what they were called, but phlebotomyjobs.com or .org to find those jobs. Are you a big fan of niche job boards? Niche job boards were in the States. Niches overseas. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, think, I think they're an excellent opportunity uh, to take a look into. But I also think the beauty is you don't have to choose one job board over another, right? So you can take a look at that site because it makes sense, right? It's all related to the job that you actually want. But there might be other sites out there that surprise you that um, some, sometimes I'll have students um, in the higher education industry that might be going into the, the medical field, right? And they don't see the link between using or their future and using something that's more business professional related, which they think of LinkedIn as being more business professional related, right? Um, but you never know who you're going to meet through using these job boards. Again, I'm using LinkedIn as an example, but you never know who you're going to meet um, through these conversations. Um, and uh, going back to that medical student looking at LinkedIn, somebody might be on the board of a hospital that's local to where you live. They might be a good person to talk to, not specifically, specifically about a job, but about the organization. Um, so again, the beauty is you don't have to choose from one board to a job board to another board. You can use several job boards throughout your job search. And it's really, not, it's not a detriment to the candidate where they find the opportunity or where they apply. Uh, more importantly, through the application process, it's about, can you be in touch with an employee, can, an employee or a recruiter um, at your target organization and make that connection to have a conversation? Tell us about one of your clients and his or her success. That's an interesting story that you go, wow, that worked. And if you don't have any, don't admit it. <laughs> Something that I use actually with the majority of my clients is I like to use the job boards to help build their core messaging, right? So if they're interested in becoming whatever specific role that they're interested in becoming, right? You can use you know financial analysts as an example. I, I like them to use job boards to search for those ideal titles. So they can search for financial analyst roles. And then look through those job descriptions and start to pull out that industry language, that industry jargon, and al align whatever, when you're looking through those responsibilities, align whatever those ideal responsibilities are with some of their past career achievements, right? And figuring out, okay, what are the typical qualifications for this ideal role? And they can also gain a picture of what companies are actually hiring. And the success that comes from that is that they're more competent in the, in the message that they put out into the universe about, hey, not, not only do I want to be a financial analyst and I live in Boston, what I want every day to wake up and do are these, and then they can start talking about the specific responsibilities that they're excited to do. And by the way, I also know that company X, Y, and Z are hiring. Um, they've, they've been listed all over job boards. Let me connect with someone, maybe an alumni connection that I can connect with that works within these organizations. So I, I don't, for me personally, when my clients have success with job boards, it's using them in a holistic approach rather than just narrowing in on one specific job that they're hoping to, you know, attain from this. That's awesome. And it's the value of having a good career coach or, or somebody else, you know, spouse, partner, you know, partner, whatever that can give you that kind of advice to look at the job postings, look at the language they're using, look at the organizations, and then make sure that in your communications as a job seeker with those employers that you're using the same language. That greatly 
increases the likelihood that that employer is going to see you, you're going to get interviewed, that you're going to get hired. And I think a lot of job seekers don't appreciate how important that is. So I'm, I'm really glad, but not surprised to hear that you're um, providing that advice to them. The um, I think that we've got time for maybe one more question. And that would be, for me, if, if you could um, talk to a job board and recruitment marketplace, and you kind of are here, and tell them this is the one thing that you don't see nearly enough of, maybe at all, and that you think would make a big positive difference for job seekers, including those that are clients of yours, what would that one thing be? Something that I hear often, and I don't know how feasible it is, but if it were possible, people want feedback. So they might get an automatic canned response or rejection, right? They might get a no a month later, two months later. If there was a way for companies that obviously are going to market on these job boards to have the requirement to provide feedback, even if it's one line, right? Your resume did not have meet the keyword keyword you know requirements that we were hoping for, or you don't have the education level we need, or there were one thousand applicants, and unfortunately, we're only looking at fifty of those applicants, right? And you weren't one of the top fifty. Even it, even if it's as short as that in format at least the client walks away with some sort of closure because when it's just quick no or a month later they get a no there's for an already vulnerable situation it's just the little dagger uh, turned enough to make them even more stressed out about the job search strategy um, and it really when it has nothing to do sometimes about them as a human being as a person it's more just as a candidate and how their resume was set up. It just didn't match whether it was technology based or from a human perspective, it just didn't line up on that given day in that given moment. Awesome. Transparency, transparency, transparency. It's not a four letter word. <laughs> it's not easy either for an employer, by the way. Uh, right. I've gone yeah. through as an employer, although we don't employ people, we bring them on as contractors, and you get 220 uh, applications for one position, and only seven of those 220 people follow the instructions in the ad. So do you spend the time sending all 213 of them a note saying, if only you had read the ad and followed <laughs> the instructions, you might have been considered. Uh, it's, you know, it's very easy to press the send, send application button without paying any attention to what you're applying for. So it works both ways, but I think your point is very, very well taken. And to, yeah. to, to your point, I think that that would be beneficial for the candidate on the other end to see. You didn't take five minutes to read the instructions and that's why you're not a part of the interview pool. I think that would help them in the long run so that they do take the time in their next application process. So as much as it would You'd hurt be for shocked. Them to hear, I don't want yeah. I don't want to go there, but let's just say some of the responses are Give remarkable. Give them a lot of credit. 
Well, Alicia, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I hope that the job board and recruitment marketplace leaders who are listening will take to heart some of the things that you've shared. I think that those of us who operate sites like that, we tend to be more focused on the employer, the advertiser side of the marketplace, because those are the folks that we tend to have more contact with. And they're also the ones that are sending us money. And we need to remember we're in a double-sided marketplace, which means that we need to take care of, of both of those groups. Uh, for the listeners who want to learn more uh, about you or how to reach you, um, how would you like for them to do that? Sure. If they go to mindfulcareerpath.com, uh, they can see all of my social media links and my email address is on there, Alicia Ramsdell at mindfulcareerpath.com. And I also have a page there that shows a number of resources, right? Career coaching resources, as well as job boards, uh, college recruiter being on there, of course, but mindfulcareerpath.com forward slash resources uh, for, for anybody that's looking for additional um, opportunities to explore. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you again for having me. Inside Job Boards and Recruitment Marketplaces is a co-production of Evergreen Podcasts, College Recruiter, and The AIM Group. Please subscribe for free on your favorite app. Review it. Five stars are always nice. And recommend it to a couple of people you know who want to learn more about job boards and recruitment marketplaces. Special thanks to our producer and engineer, Ian Douglas. I'm your host, Peter Zolman of The AIM Group the leading global consultancy in the field of marketplaces and classified advertising. Find out more about our reports on recruitment marketplaces, job boards, and classifieds, including our new recruitment marketplaces annual at aimgroup.com reports. I'm your host, Stephen Rothberg of job search site College Recruiter. Each year, we help more than 12 million candidates find great new jobs. Our customers are primarily Fortune 1000 companies, government agencies, and other employers who hire at scale and advertise their jobs with us. You can reach me at stephen at collegerecruiter.com. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.